You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Hello, Sid Talk. Hello. During that 20 seconds of silence that you have us do every time, I heard your stomach grumbling. Yeah, I'm probably <laughs> hungry. You probably are. <laughs> um, yeah, we had audio issues, so hopefully this sounds great and you have no complaints. Do they normally? No, it usually sounds great, but these these issues we just had were out of my control. Who knows why they happen? You know what I'm saying? I was in the middle of a yawn there, but... I was in the middle of a yawn. <laughs> we need we need to buy a proper mixing desk that doesn't involve a computer. We would be you. Yes. Yeah. And then brand new microphones and what? Plug Are in. you telling me that guys with all that guys and gals with all that never have problems? I reckon a, I reckon computers are the main problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You want a dedicated machine? Yeah. That you then have to plug into the computer. Then it could be like Alan Partridge twiddling all the knobs. Hmm. A lot of people won't know who you're talking about. You know what I mean. What was the before the after the show discussion? Oh, wait, there wasn't. You were just trying to fix that. Correct. <laughs> All right. So testing, testing, one, two, three. Are we and coming I in sort clear? Of, I sort of went off on a seed buying shopping trip. <laughs> nice. Are we coming in clear? Are we loud and clear? I don't know. You're not going to know until we're completely done. Looks like we're loud and clear from the No signal. one wants to listen to this part. <laughs> are we... Are we good? All right, let's go. Saturday, December the 14th, after the show, 612, podcast about movies. Nice. Nice, nice summary. <laughs> is that what's on the box? That is the box. For the after the show box. We're looking at a movie this week called, what's it called, Sid Talk? It. Chapter two. What was that? I didn't hear it. It. Chapter two. It is a 2019 movie. <clears throat> We're looking at the 4K release. It is available now, rated R, from our friends at Warner Brothers, who sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk, you give us the synopsis of this movie, and I'll give you the one off the back of the box to compare and contrast. The kids from the first movie grew up and have to deal with this fucking clown again? <laughs> Censored. Is that, on, is that on the box? That's all I want to know. Is on, there, are those the words that are on the box? On the box, it says, after 27 years, it has returned as people begin to disappear in Derry. Mike calls the rest of the Losers Club home so they can destroy it once and for all. Damaged by the past, the losers must conquer their deepest fears, the fucking clown. <laughs> that's not what it says. <laughs> I know that's not what it says. No, it says uh, Pennywise, who is now deadlier than ever. Hmm. All right, so um, this is the second part, obviously, of the It saga, which is also a remake of the television movie from the 1980s that you'll all be familiar with. We reviewed It Chapter 1, so you can go back and listen to our podcast review. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we both really liked it. Yeah. That is true. We're a hive mind. We both liked it. We are a hive mind. We are connected forever and ever. So, okay, It Chapter 2, thoughts... 
Opinions, Sid Talk. I really enjoyed it. I love that it's very long, so we'll get that out of the way right away. I love long movies when I am all in, and I'm all How in. long is it? How long is it? I don't know, about three hours. It is. And, two hours and 49 minutes. Right. Almost three hours. My only complaint. Are we going straight all, into it, complaints? Yeah, well, it's all bundled into one, just to get started, because it's the only thing. Is that the guy they make the guy who brings everyone together... We get nothing from him. Like, nothing. You mean Mike. Yes. We get flashbacks from the other people, experiences from the other mm. people. They're all doing all this weird shit because he's messing with their minds, and he's nothing. He has nothing to offer, except he's, like, this token person to bring them together. Like, he's just the guy. And it's almost as if he's not part of the group. I found that really irritating. I know that he's figured it all out, and he's stayed there forever, and he's... He's the guy that tells you all the science or the fiction, you know, the the storyteller yeah. guy. Yeah. Fills you in on what has to be done and all that. Even that is fairly flimsy. And so that really did bug me throughout. We're straight think, into negatives there. And then the other, there's two things, sorry. The other thing was we're establishing that more crazy shit's happening in this town again, but like in one sentence. And in one news story. Oh, crap. People are disappearing. Oh, crap. Here's some dead bodies. And that's it. In three hours, we don't go explore any other aspect of this shit happening from the point of view of law enforcement or the town or anything. It's all about these flashbacks and the crazy mind games that are being played on the people. Not that those aren't good, because it's really cool. It's just that the story is we're going to kill it. Yeah. For, for, and that's for, it. For three hours, which you've got a long time to develop stuff, they don't do actually that much developing. of. No, this. there's no development of the story whatsoever. You don't learn anything. I mean, you get like a flimsy explanation for what it is, but even then you don't actually have an explanation. But can I, I didn't uh, write it, so I'm cool with that. Can but. I tell you my complaints? Okay, right into it. Right on. Yeah, we'll do complaints, and then. but I like the movie. I do, too. I really loved it. I was totally into it. I really loved the first one as well. So my complaints are, um, one, I think you had two. I might have three. Mm. One, that crappy de-aging thing on Finn Wolfhard. Oh, that was bad, yeah, but I can overlook that. Finn Wolfhard, who plays the young version of Bill. It was almost <clears throat> intolerable. Yeah, because he's grown up, like they made the yeah, original. Yeah, so the others. They made the original movie two years ago, and Finn Wolfhard has grown up. Like he actually looks like a bloke now. Like he's grown up. He was in that like area where he's really grow like grown up quick. So they did this weird like I don't know. I don't even know what they did. It was weird. Like, it was like a Snapchat and um filter. And I'm not shitting you. If you yeah. do Snapchat and your people send you pictures of themselves where they skinny up their chin, they make their eyes giant, and they smooth up their face, that's what they did to this poor guy so, all the time. It was very distracting. So that sucked. I hated it. Secondly, I, um, Pennywise is the best thing about it, right? And mm -hmm. Bill Skarsgård playing Pennywise is fantastic. In this movie, he doesn't get to be Pennywise a mm. lot. He's just a C there's a lot of CG. I agree with you on that one. And he's creepiest that the scene where he is under the bleachers talking to that little girl, yep. that's when he's the creepiest. And he's just him. Yeah. But in this movie, they don't give him any of that hardly. He he's spoilers. Towards the end of the movie. Similar to the first movie, actually. 
It is the same movie. It's just yeah. <laughs> it's, just it's the same movie over. It's just the the hook of the Stephen King up. decides to make them all grown ups and have to deal it's, with it again. It's even the same room that they fought him in in the first one. I mean, it's the same. It's pretty much the same finale. No, they had to go to a different lower level. Remember? Yeah, but I mean, it just feels the same. Like it, when he's in that room, and then he turns into a CG creation in this, and you don't get like Bill Skarsgård's performance anymore. Yeah, even though he's talking. I feel like you lose all that creepiness and then it just goes into special effects. So I didn't, I thought there was too little of Bill Skarsgård. And what was my third complaint? My third complaint was the way the movie is structured. The first hour is you like meeting the Losers Club again, like as adults, and then them converging to come to Derry to sort this thing out. And then they all split off. Um, mm-hmm. in the middle portion as part of this um, finding the tokens kind of lame explanation yeah. that we still because the guy Mike we don't oh, what he tells us it doesn't really find these make tokens. any sense it doesn't make any sense we have no reason for any of that part but I you know I can accept some weird well Mike's story been stuff, researching this shit over these I years I know but to tell us you have to go to the thing and then I don't know it's like an Indiana Jones quest basically each one has to go off and get the thing right and what is wrong with that even though it does lead to some interesting like scenarios and scares is they're better as a group like it when they're all interacting that's the fun that's mm-hmm. a lot of fun like the Goonies when they're all interacting which this has a lot of similarities Don't to. Don't compare these people to the Goonies. I'm that saying, is the way it's structured is very similar <laughs> to how the Goonies is. And when the Goonies are all together and interacting, it's the dynamic is really good. When you separate these lot off for a whole hour of your movie, they're not together. I think it puts the dampers on it a bit. I'm no, I al- disagree. I'm almost going... I'm, well, I'm not almost. I'm sat there going, when are we going to have them all back oh, together? No, I didn't have that at all. I was perfectly fine to see their own personal experiences, but I was kept waiting. I'm like, okay, we got hers done. Okay, we got his done. Oh, we didn't do Mike. Yeah, we <laughs> never, we never do Mike. I didn't mind the separate um, adventures. It's just that if you really examine the movie for what it is, it is set piece after set piece like each character has a flashback and a weird like they have a flashback and then in the flashback that kid version of themselves Mm. has a weird experience with pennywise right and then we have a current experience where they have a weird experience with pennywise and then later we each have an experience where we're having a separate experience with pennywise that's all it is and it feels like it's repeating itself a little bit a little bit but i didn't mind them being off um, separate because the dialogue got a little again I really enjoyed this movie but there are times when I'm a little over the the Stephen King um, the word pedantic I don't know what that means but that sounds like the right word pedantic for the means dialogue. like pedestrian like ordinary kind of yes and it is a little bit and it's a little bit yeah repetitive and you know but I fold it all in together to enjoy it, I just wanted a little more substance, I guess. I I was actually quite satisfied with the way it all wrapped up. I th- I thought it was, you know, it when still you still ty- didn't explain. I didn't understand how that could possibly be the end of him. It seemed a bit no. There, lame. There's another like yeah, you can nitpick the crap out of this movie. To be honest, another thing is like I kept thinking, where are all the people in the town? Like, <laughs> yeah, often, they're never around. There's often times where it's daytime 
our our heroes are walking down the middle of the street and it looks like a ghost town. There's like nobody. Like, and then it they is go, weird. And then they walk into a shop, but there's somebody in a shop, but there's nobody else anywhere. Or then another time, there's cars everywhere, but there's no people. But we're supposed to be under the impression that somehow this thing has control of the town. Yeah, I that's. I mean, I I didn't get the feeling that's what they were going for, but mm. I I put that in my own mind. Oh well, Pennywise is messing with them. That's why it's all empty and nobody's mm. there. Um, but what I did really like is. The actual set pieces, what you mentioned, they're all really good. Mm-hmm. They're, they they don't they're not scary. I don't think. I don't think I can. I mean, be s- there's more like ooh, gross, gross and yeah. jump scares. Right? I get more of that. Yeah. And there's a lot of like tongue sticking out and sliver. Is True. There a lot of that? Well, that's what the guy who's like a hypochondriac. Yeah. So anytime a tongue or saliva or goo or pus or a pussy open wound comes near him, so it kind of stood out. Yeah, yeah, Pennywise plays with their fear. And, yeah. And I really liked, um, I, I, this is another thing that I actually thought of while we were watching it. You don't generally see a horror film with this kind of budget. It's it's like nowadays, they're on the down low a bit, like horror movies. This one's like a big multi-million dollar Mm. You feel it like when when they're in his lair at the end and then it shoots them off and they're in a different place. I'm like, wow, this is a set that there's a set here of this guy's basement, which which is flooded, which we're only using for a few for a minute or two. Like it, there was a good budget to it. Like it, there was locations, there was CG. There was a lot of CG. Some of the CG didn't work for me. Like occasionally you know like the statue in the middle of the town when it comes to life and runs about yeah that looked a bit it just looked silly didn't it it kind of looked silly like a comedy skit to me like it was not scary in any way it was just silly um some of the well no i actually fought pennywise when he becomes like like weird like giant creature running about i thought that looked good you know yeah in the dark of the basement. Oh, there's another thing I want to address. There's a lot of dark um, areas in this movie, but it's not so dark that you cannot see it. They did a good job. Yeah, again, they put a light source <laughs> yes. around. This is from people. our complaining about current movies and TV shows where they fucking think darkness is like a high art choice. It isn't. It's stupid. And in this one, you're literally in the sewer. And you can still see what's going on. And guess what? I bet you and I were not sitting there going, oh, they're in the sewer. I bet I wouldn't be able to see anything yeah. if it was if they were really doing it. While this giant, like, we want to be realistic lighting, right? While this giant clown is trying to kill everybody. So I was perfectly happy with the lighting yeah. situation. Cinema- cinematically, it looks really beautiful. There's really good shots, actually. It's nicely framed. It You know, mm-hmm. it's not got any fancy... It's not got fancy stuff going on, spinning cameras or anything, but it's it looks really good. Um, so the negatives are covered, the positives <laughs> are covered. The positive is I just I almost wasn't ready for it to end, except I got the feeling, okay, I get it. We're just going to, it's the same movie. It's just bigger and better effects, and we're exploring the idea that your childhood fears and insecurities and everything that went wrong with you as a child will follow you through your adulthood unless you let it go. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've heard this from other movies. It's let it go. And ultimately, we're going to have to end this because I don't think there's another book. And no. so it's going to end. It's two and, chapters and that's the lot. Yeah. yeah. And then, so I basically was along for the ride. I just really, really enjoyed it. I didn't really have a problem with... 
how it ended, which is hilarious because they made a joke about the ending of a story inside the story. And of course, like you said, making fun of Stephen King and how people say he writes really bad endings. And I'm neutral on this one. I wasn't a huge fan and I'm not like knocking it because I didn't write it. So the, the actual ending, I I said to you, I like how this ends because it it's um not they don't force a sequel into it like they do with true i meant like the idea that they're using to end it where if you just pretend you're not afraid or say you're not afraid then everything will be fine and that's just the premise of like so many horror stories all the way back to old radio shows that i used to look that i listened to on sirius xm seriously it's a very played out way of doing it but and it's like d What's it like defusing the bully by turning around on them and being like, I'm not afraid of you, bully. And then they stop being a bully. I mean, that's kind of it. Yeah. Well, what's what I liked about this, though, is they don't it's it's a neat if you watch both movies, the story is contained. It's done. That's the story of the Losers Club. And the thing I didn't like about the ending is the voiceover was really sappy. Oh yeah, very sappy. It was like too sappy. It was a like, little oh, bit, God, yeah. Like, is this a is this a graduation speech? That's how it felt like, you know. Definitely. So I wasn't into that because that made it feel a bit like, Ugh. and I know what they were going for. They were going for the stand by me, the Goonies, that kind of like, oh camaraderie. We're not kids forever, but we'll still be friends in the, when we're adults. That thing, aren't they? They were doing that. Yeah, kind of. Um, which is nothing new. And it's not clever, but I think they're making a joke at the beginning of the movie that the guy in the movie can't write an ending to, to a movie to save his life. Like yeah. it, it made you what? What? What do you call it? It made you not expect a great ending. Did it do that to you? Um, not really. No, no. I mean, the idea was to subvert, like, so you were like, "Oh, okay, this probably won't have a great ending." No, I didn't think that. I, think that's what <laughs> I the just thought they were making fun of, you know. No, I think they were making fun of their own movie as well. I think I think nobody could be satisfied by whatever you did at the end, right? Of it's it's the same with anything really. You know, like they're just about to wrap up Star Wars, aren't they? The whole saga. How the hell can that satisfy anybody? Whatever happens. Yeah, exactly. It's just going to be annoying to people, isn't it? Like they're going to oh, they did this, they did that. So I feel like this is too, you know, you kill Pennywise there'd be half the people going, oh, you've just killed the greatest Yeah, and if it, if it is what you've presented us with, this idea that something... We're doing spoilers, right? Yeah. So if you're presenting us with the idea that some sort of comet or asteroid or some sort of being came from outer space, hit the Earth, and for millions of years it's been tormenting all creatures and all humanity, and then Native Americans at the you know hundreds of years ago figured out something they could have done, but then it didn't work, and now these people are going to figure it out and do it. It seems a bit lame. Like, this thing, you can't combat it. Like, you were not going to beat it with Mm -hmm. some stupid magical ritual or something. So I wasn't convinced. And then trying to convince me, I'm like, nah. Uh, And that's what it was in the book. So, I mean, they just followed the book. They didn't deviate from it. They, you know, it's an alien in the sewers, basically. Spoilers. Um, So let's move on to the cast. Uh... So, I didn't put the kids down because we covered the kids in the last movie. But suffice to say, all the kids are back in this movie also. 
did you have a problem at the beginning of the movie where they cut from the kids? Well, they didn't actually. They introduced you to the adults first, and I had a tr- I had trouble in my mind sorting out who was who. Like a um, little bit, yeah, totally. But then, like when I was kind of conf- I, I was a bit confused. I was like, I don't know which one's which. I obviously know, I was a little bit. Yeah. I obviously know Jessica Chastain's the girl. That's and that's all I could figure out. But then. When it starts delving into their little one-off, you know, s- separate stories, it does, it f- it does that obvious thing of fading from the face, the adult face, to the kid face. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I understand who's who. Um, but at yeah. first, I had no idea. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a bunch of adults, but which one's which? Did you? Um, one of my favorite scenes was the scene in the Chinese restaurant. Yeah, that was good. That was really. There's some good effects in that one. And it was like it was unexpected to me because it was ridiculous. What was hap- you know, that what actually happens. But it had to convince all of them that something weird is going on. Yeah. But it was, uh, I was like, oh, well, this part of them, you know, because you kind of, so you've watched enough movies, you understand what this part of the movie is. This is the part where they all reminisce and talk about themselves as kids. Oh, I didn't like that part. I liked the, when all the, no, I mean, the it, fortune I'm, cookies I'm saying, came to life. I'm saying that that's what you're kind of programmed into thinking that this scene is. It's the oh, scene where they yeah. all catch up with each other. But it really is a scene where the shit is the fan almost immediately. <laughs> and like, you know, it's it's in their minds what's happening. But it's really, really outrageously crazy. Like, So I really enjoyed that. I thought I was quick to get to the point. So Jessica Chastain plays the adult Beverly. What did you think? Yeah, she's good. Really good casting, I think. Yeah. Like, she's a really good actress. In fact, you don't generally see her in horror movies. Yet. Where's have we seen her in? Um, you've seen her in... Mm. Tree of Life. Yes. Tree, <laughs> Tree of Life and... What else? That's what I'm asking you, because that's all I can think of. Uh, probably... Uh, oh! Interstellar. Okay, not my favorite... That's what I'm. Th- I'm trying to think of her face, what she's been in. Um, anyway, in this, she is. I think she might be the best one. No, actually, no. I'll take that back. The best one is Bill Hader. I think he did a fantastic. Oh God, job. I disagree completely. He's my least favorite. Oh, I thought he Ugh. was. I thought he was just amazing. No. <laughs> she was in. You're wrong. <laughs> I've looked. Her, I've looked her up. Woman walks ahead. She was the main. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yep. I got her in my mind She was now. excellent in that. She was in The Martian with a, you know. Well. Interstellar. She was in Zero Dark Thirty. She was in The Tree of Life, which was excellent. Yeah. And she was in ER on TV. Hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I liked her and I also... Um, you know, thought Bill Hader. Well, James McAvoy is the second one on the cast as Bill. What do you think of James? Is there, I, I'll say for everything, everybody. They're no, fine. let's go for them one by one. I know, but I'll have the exact same thing to say. They're fine. I didn't particularly like the hater I, I guy's don't... character, but everybody else, I mean, performance-wise, everybody was the same to me. All like, right. exactly the same. One then. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you're not. Um, James McAvoy, he... Um, I liked him in Split a lot. He's really good at playing that in Split, where he has to do all those different personalities. Thought that mm-hmm. was—I thought he's good at that. 
In this, I felt like he was one of those characters from Split, one of those personalities. He was a bit weird. Sometimes he was one thing, sometimes he was another thing. I mean, he was a tormented guy because his brother got horribly murdered well, by a clown true. in the sewer. Which, if you saw the first <laughs> movie, you would understand. Yeah, that's him. His little brother's the one that kicked it all off. So he's just tormented um, by guilt and grief. Bill Hader's Richie, is the, I think he was the best thing in the movie. I think he was funny when he needed to be funny. I think his backstory was interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, I think they all are. I mean, he had a backstory. Well, talking about Bill Hader specifically, his backstory that was never really hinted at in the first one, was it? No. I can't remember it at all in the first one. No, I can't even remember them hinting at, like, maybe he doesn't like ladies. I don't think so, but I don't remember. But in this one, there's kind of that in the background of him mm-hmm. and, like, how he is. Um, I like that. I think he played it really well. I think he also, you know, he's a stand-up comedian in real life. He's also a stand-up comedian in this movie. And because he's a stand-up comedian in the movie, when he tells jokes, it makes sense because it's like his reaction. It's like his... uh, Yeah, it's a bit much sometimes. Well, I didn't think it was too much because sometimes he laid off on it completely. I did like when there was those three rooms, though. One, They had to choose between these three rooms. (laughs) And his a lot of his one-liners there were funny. Um, the guy who plays Mike, Isaiah Mustafa, um, like you say, Mike, Mike's really like the pivotal thing of the whole story, and it even ends on a shot of him, doesn't it? Like it, like it. Yeah, but he was just nothing. They wrote nothing for this person. You know why I think they didn't write anything for him because he was like the center of it. Like they just thought, like, well, of course. No, I He's think they thought that because they didn't get room. a famous person to play him. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, I thought it was just really rude that he actually has no story, except he's the guy his exposition who's man. stayed there. He's done the research. He tells you some weird-ass, lame-ass conclu- the way to end it. And then that's it. He just he does nothing. He has no experiences for us to latch on to him. We don't get to see how Pennywise fucks with him. Like, ever. We don't get to see any of his... And there's just, like, some lines where he says, oh, I've been in this prison for 20-something years. Yeah, but the... Yeah. Uh, that doesn't do anything That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. They, they kind of, like, try and, like, explain his stuff, but, like, by him just saying one or two lines, or him showing you this Native American ritual thing, like, through flashback. Like, that was a weird thing to me, where he's like, hey, um, James McAvoy... Take the drink this water and experience this weird. And drug then he fuel. just bought into it. Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah, all that's that sort of stuff. You just have to go. Oh, okay. He just needs to show him something. But it, yeah, it all seems very contrived. <laughs> uh, and Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise is excellent. He's he's creepy, right? He's the, he is the best part of that whole world. Yes, his makeup is amazing. He's creepy as hell. The scariest part of the whole movie was under the bleachers for me, where he's coaxing the little girl in. It's the same as the scene from the first movie where he's coaxing Correct. the brother into the drain. But it's terrifying. It's like he's, he manipulates children in in this, you know, I'm your friend. And then, like, yep. oh, you feel should feel bad for me. Oh, now I'm going to eat you. <laughs> he's terrifying. Like, he's... Those parts are the terrifying parts, but they don't capitalize on them too much. They'd much rather him be a giant CG thing running about. Yeah, and that his his character 
is almost diminished, not him, his performance, but because we don't get to see him trying to manipulate people just as Pennywise, you know, the person in the suit kind of situation, um, because what they've done is say he's been so obsessed for 27 years with just these particular people who have left town and try and like longing for them and trying, wanting to get them back. It almost weakens him a little bit, you know, cause he's like, I've missed you so much. I've thought about you all the time. And like, I'd rather see him doing what he did under the bleachers, like tons more times to other people. I would have totally. Or where he looked at these people and said, I don't even know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and then go kill a bunch of other people. You know, like it just seemed to make him a little less interesting as a weird, effed up character. Also, if you think about it, okay, some entity comes from outer space, lands millions of years ago. All this shit keeps happening every few years or whatever. And all of a sudden it's obsessed with these people. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Like, why? that just seems like a Stephen King move. You know what I mean? Like. I mean, it is. I mean, it the story, the story itself, no, it's not like a masterpiece. It's just, it's just make, meant to invoke some kind of fear in you of, ooh, that place where I, you know, that hometown might be scary. Or he loves that, doesn't he, Stephen King? Like, oh um, yeah, like, like small town kind of Maine type places like that. That it's just inherently fucked up. Yeah. I mean, it's not a genius masterpiece story, but it is, uh, it has got something to it. Something creepy about, I think Bill Skarsgård is the primary, obviously he's the buddy and the terrifying thing, but I think he's super iconic. You know, it's, it's like a Freddy Krueger kind of thing. It's, it's pretty scary. He comes up with some weird shit in this movie, like in that, uh, what do you call it? Hall of Mirrors is pretty freaky where he's banging yep. his head against the glass. It's pretty crazy stuff. So uh, it's directed by Andy Muschietti, also Mush, Mush Itty, not Muschietti. He also directed the original movie, It, and uh, Mama. Remember Mama? Yes. We were... You mean Mama with an exclamation point? Or Mama, is there another one? No, that's Mother. Oh, that is Mother. Mama's the one with the, we, we struggled the to remember it last time. With the girls in the in woods? In the woods, yeah. That's creepy. Also creepy, yeah. So, um... I think he did a fine job of both movies. I said to you, it'd be cool to watch them both up against each other, I think. We didn't. I mean, that's a long movie session right there. It really is, but I think that they might play better together, you know? Because you've actually been on such a long journey with the kids. And by the end, you've kind of... Well, you'd be kind of worn out five hours, wouldn't you? But that's my... uh, Would you think it'd work better? If it was all together? Yeah. Uh... It's a lot. Do you mean like one big movie? Or do you mean watch it all together? Just watch it together as one big movie. It would have reminded me more of what it took for them to defeat him, because I don't recall a lot of that specifically. It's pretty straightforward, the first movie, though, right? Yeah. They go in the sewers, they defeat him, and then they make a bond. It's just, that's it, pretty much. (laughs) Oh, the first movie even has this kind of thing. They go to that house at one point. And they fight stuff inside the house, and then they go into the sewers. Essentially, it's the same movie twice. It's exactly the same movie, yeah. yeah. That was the, very clear from the very first scenes, actually. But the second movie clearly has a bigger budget, because there's a lot more CG-type stuff going on, I think. Oh, sure. Maybe that's what makes his character... You want more non-CG, and more just creepy, you're creeping me out kind yeah, of stuff. It, I mean, that's totally... 
they they doubled down on him being a CG beast, and in the first one they didn't so much. They had him more just being creepy towards the camera, which is the best part. So um, IMDb reviews, what are those? It's pretty self-explanatory. This is going to be good, isn't it? Because these people... find reviews that are one star on the good old IMDb, and then you read them with a funny accent. And the thing is, when we disagree... We make fun of them. When we agree, we say they're brilliant. <laughs> All right. So um, these people do not like this movie. They give it one out of... Okay. One out of ten. The first guy says, and I knew that somebody was going to say this, at 169 minutes, it was just too long. I want my life back. Oh, my goodness. After careful Dramatic. consideration as to where to cut this, I arrived at this formed viewpoint... I could cut the whole 169 minutes and stay at home instead, as this really was a rambling dog's breakfast. Oh my. It really wasn't, but okay. Three out. This next guy says, three hours of nonsense. This is a movie that was built up to be the greatest thing to hit a theatre in a generation. I remember when the trailer came out, people began to rave about how good the film would be. Well, it sucked and was a waste of my three hours. It was painful to watch. Jessica Chastain mailed it in. Bill Hader, F-bombs every other word. The only scene I enjoyed in the film was the scene with the old woman, and even that was ruined by the having the entire scene played out in the trailer. Worst, the movie wasn't even scary. Just CGI trickery. Goodness. It was more like a Tim Burton film, and one other thing, the silly over-the-top attempts at humour greatly diminished the film. <laughs> For a film position in itself as the scariest adaptation of a King novel, the audience spent far too much time snickering at the jokes. I want my money and three hours back. My goodness. Here's the deal. They're kind of saying what we said, but we say it in a good way. (laughs) Well, I don't want my three hours back. (laughs) No, I mean, saying the same thing. It's the same thing. It's a lot of CGI. It's the same story. It's that's all true. But for some reason, I just really enjoyed it. Uh, finally. I bought into it. This guy says, Craig says, rubbish. Don't Mm. waste your time. It's awful and goes on for ages. A couple of jumps, but awful for the next two hours and 55 minutes. Avoid. Avoid. Period. That's great advice. And finally, this is actually finally. This guy says, stupidest and worst I have ever seen. Like you gonna... Literally waste your money and time. Literally, poorest movie ever seen by man. Damn. That's like, (laughs) that's a high level insult right there. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Poorest movie ever seen. It is not worse than the most recent Godzilla. I will put my life on that This is actually good. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm just saying that, if you've seen that, let's let that guy see that. I, and then rewrite his review. I am. Um, and if he likes that one more than this one, then he's just wrong. True. So, um, yeah, that's uh, so I, I enjoyed it. Chapter two. I enjoyed it. Chapter one, if that's what it was called. Or was it just called it? Just no. it, I believe. I enjoyed both of them. I can't tell you what I thought of the original TV movie because I don't think I really saw it all the way through. Did you? No, no. I mean, I probably did at the time, but maybe not. It was a miniseries. Yeah, it's kind of beloved. I think it was just on over two nights. It was one of those things, like chapter one and chapter two. Mm. But um, 
Tim Curry played Pennywise. And it's kind of iconic and people love it. John Boy was the main guy. Yeah. I've seen clips of it and it always seems a bit like, I mean, maybe you had to watch it when it came out to really enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, but I think if we're honest, we don't have any higher level writing going on. Just different style of performances, different kinds of CGI, different pacing, obviously different budget. You know what I mean? Yeah. But still not any better. (laughs) It's still this creature thing fucks with your mind, lives off of your fear for all eternity, will keep you in some sort of weird suspended animation and keep you terrified. Is that right? Like he's getting the his sustenance from your fear. Yeah, exactly. And then just like the husk of you is left or whatever. Whatever. See, I don't even fully understand the thing. I might have to read the book, but I don't really. Another thing I'd mention about this movie, which I didn't cover, is the bully from the first movie, how he goes to prison and then he turns up in this one. Mm. It's almost pointless. It's very pointless. It's like, oh. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't like that one at all. Yeah, it's, I mean, it really goes nowhere, and it's just, oh, here's another thing to to jump out at you and scare you. It's this guy. And there's no explanation for why he would still have him on the hook, you know? Or is a driver in the car. Well, the driver is the kid that they ended up killing or it is, that died. But it, it does that also goes nowhere. If that yeah, it goes nowhere. If that guy <laughs> had been the one pursuing them with the zombie look, yes. the whole time, at least that would have been better. I mean, there's one shot of <laughs> like when he's he, pissed off that you killed him. Yeah, when the bully guy. gets in the car and then you the camera pans over and you see the zombie driver. I was like, that's a good visual. Let's keep this going, and then it never happened no, again. Never see him again. <laughs> it's just it. So yeah, I don't know what that was about. Um, it was weird. So I think it was just like, because that was a thing in the book, is apparently more of a thing in the TV special. It didn't really need it in here, so I wouldn't have bothered at all. Really. Mm, yeah, I agree. Um, so extras on the uh, 4K. There are a lot, actually. There's a documentary called The uh, Summer of It, Chapter 1 and Chapter 2. So it's a two-hour documentary that covers both movies because there wasn't actually a full documentary on the first one. It's actually all on a separate Blu-ray disc, so it's like a feature length. There's also The Meaning of the Losers Club. No. The Meeting of the Losers Club has officially begun. Featurette. Pennywise Lives Again and Finding the Deadlights. And there's also a commentary by the director, which I will listen to. That's cool. I can listen to a three-hour commentary. Like a podcast. <laughs> so yeah, there are a bunch of extras. If you're an ape fan and you want to see how both of these movies were made, this is the disc to get. There's also a, um, I noticed online, there's a twin pack where you get both movies and the bonus features. So if you never got the first one, the twin pack is like 25 bucks for both movies. So maybe that's the way to go. Because I do think it would make a good double bill. So uh, that is It Chapter 2. I think we both enjoyed it. Yeah, very much. Even though we did have a lot of criticizing, but what would a review be without some criticizing? Correct. As Alexander An O'Neill said. An ass competition. <laughs> Who could kiss the ass of the movie more? That would be what it would be. True. Without any criticisms. And as Alexander O'Neill said, all you want to do is criticize. I don't know who that is. So, you don't know who he is? No. Well, 
<sighs> so thanks to Warner for the copy for review. Next week, we are looking at the ninth film by Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Am I a fan of Tarantino? You are. Do I have a Mostly. Pulp Fiction lamp You're about downstairs? 90% there. 90% my bottoms. You have not liked every single movie. Don't pretend. There has been one movie I wasn't particularly fond of. Well, there you go. Out so, of all of the movies. There was only 10. There's nine. This, is with the, this will be the ninth. Okay, there's only nine. And you've only seen eight. So one out of eight is it was, actually a higher percentage than ten. It was actually just kind. The Hateful Eight that I didn't particularly like. You liked The Hateful Eight. No. It wasn't that one you didn't like. You didn't like the other one with um, the Joker in it. The Joker? Yeah. Oh, that was Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. No, I think you're, I think you're, I think I'm pretty much a Tarantino's fan. I don't know. There's only The Hateful Eight and I would not, I liked it, but I won't watch it again because once you know it. It's a pretty, yeah, it's a tour de force. Yes. <laughs> and it, and it, it hinges on you not knowing what's going to happen. It feels like a really long stage play. It is. A, it's literally a yeah. stage play, isn't it? It's all in one room. It's, um, and if you know what's going to happen already, I don't think it's as much fun. Like most True. movies. True. <laughs> um, but anyway, the ninth Oh, film, it means you'll never watch Star Wars again then. <laughs> uh, this is a different thing because it's not a three hour like talky thing you know yeah it's but action. you find out something about somebody's father I mean once you've seen that you don't Spoilers. need to see that again <laughs> I didn't say the names I said somebody somebody alright so my movie recommendations I go some recommendations based on this movie I would recommend you the first chapter of this movie obviously and Stranger Things because this obviously feels a bit like Stranger Things in parts you mean you know? kids on bikes doing something with kids horrible, on bikes horrible creatures? Stuff. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, it doesn't feel like Stranger Things because Stranger Things came last. <laughs> it, it feels more like, what, other films from the 80s, really, right? So what you could really say is Stranger Things copies off Stranger of Stranger Things copied from everything from the and 80s. And the Goonies and Stand By e. Me. E.T. <laughs> Yes. All of those things, right? Every movie, and yeah, all those movies that have groups of So when of we kids. say something is like Stranger Things, it is not. It is more like all those movies from the 80s. True. Um, so yeah, I'll recommend you those two. And mine are Stand By Me, which you've already covered. Which is also recommended. It's a group of kids dealing with something terrible and, you know. And another one where children are involved, but not really. It's like a horrible concept is indiana jones and the temple of doom because all the children have been kidnapped is that the one with shot round uh yes and yes. the screaming stephen king stephen stephen king stephen uh the other stephen stephen <laughs> spielberg yes <laughs> his <laughs> wife i always forget her name Catherine something screams yes. throughout the whole thing which is my least favorite part of it but i really like that one and it is about children being used as part of a horrible plot so yes also steven spielberg responsible for everything that stranger things is if you mm. think about it all those yeah. movies he made in the 80s is the reason stranger things exists is it well those guys who made stranger things they said like we oh. watched all the movies in the 80s and we just hodgepodge it all together into a thing bing bosh boom came bang up boom et all those things got it so um that, that's our recommendations. Uh, a Scully stuff. I wanted to mention that we saw the trailer for the new Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Afterlife, and Sid Tart will tell you what she thought of it. And 
I think she liked it. I did. What did you say to me? Oh, <laughs> I don't remember. Like, I was like, oh. Oh, I remember like, what you said. What did I say? You said there was the trailer unfolds, right? Mm-hmm. And about halfway through the trailer, Paul Rudd is, says to a, the kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a cool replica. And he picks up a ghost trap from Ghostbusters. And you said, a shiver just went down my spine. I did. <laughs> I was like, oh. And you know, it, the trailer also, didn't this trailer make you think of Stranger Things also? I mean, it was going for that vibe, right? Kids. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Um, so did- we made a lot of money off of Stranger Things and off of the Goonies <laughs> and off of Stand By Me. And so it's not a strange phenomenon that all of a sudden you'd see more movies like this emerge. No, and nostalgic, obviously. But I'm excited. It looked good. I mean, actually, you know, I often watch a trailer for a movie and think, eh, it looks okay. I actually was, if you just said to me at the end of the trailer, do you want to watch it now, buy a ticket, I would instantly buy a ticket and watch it. So I don't think And I did not, and I have not seen the other most recent Ghostbusters movie. I did not feel, I felt like, ooh, when I saw that trailer. I mean, seriously, ooh, like... What are they doing? Ick. I've not seen it, and so I'm I mean, prejudiced it could be against great. it for some reason, because I inst- but I didn't hear anything about it, and I just watched the trailer, and seriously, in like the first 10 seconds, I was like, what are they doing? I hate over-the-top wacky dumbness yeah, for the sake of it, yeah. and that's immediately how I felt. Now, it could not be that, but it has put me off watching it. It's quite clear that this new one is not that from the trailer. It's not. It's like a. It's more serious. It's close encounters of the third kind. That type of vibe to it. Mm. And uh, yeah, it also has Carrie Coon as the mother, who's one of my favorites. So that's a good. Um, that's a good bonus. So yeah, um, we also watched this week's episode of The Mandalorian. I, I thought this week's was one of my favorite ones. It was like a heist. A Scully and the Mandalorian sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. You're so in love with that It was a heist this week? It was. I said to you, it it reminded me of like a really good Doctor Who episode, which is not a a knock on it. No, that's that's praise. High praise indeed. Yeah. It, um, It was like contained. It was very like economical. It's like, hey, here's the guys. Here's what we're going to do. And now we're going to do it. There was no like downtime. It was just, I think that's how the Mandalorian show operates, right? There's no, it's not Game of Thrones where there's like 20 minutes of people just sat talking. It never does that. It's just action. It feels like, I mean, some people complain about the Mandalorian saying there's not enough development. Mm. But I feel I, it operates more on a level of like a Doctor Who episode or like a episode of Rebels, the Star Wars Rebels, where it's like, no, this is just a little self-contained adventure. Mm-hmm. We'll go on it for 20, 30 minutes. And I like it for that. I, I do. Like I told you about X-Files, I was in love with the X-Files. I truly was. It was like one of the things that got us together was our affection for the X-Files. I, but I couldn't have given a shit. I couldn't have given a rat's ass, as my dad used to say, about that big fucking story. Couldn't care less about the smoking man or the big conspiracy or any of that shit. I just wanted Monster of the Week. That's all I cared about from week to week. Because I was a child of the 80s. That? That's what we got in the 80s <laughs> with all of our TV shows. There was no, like, stringing you along, right? It was just the Hulk came and he saved and he helped and he moved on. 
Yeah, Mandalorian's not Monster of the Week. It's more like Scenario of the Week. Sure, and they're moving toward something, obviously, but not, like, overtly, which is what I like. Yeah, well, because there's only two more episodes left, actually. It feels like it's... That's the... What it is moving towards is not the important part of the show. The important part is to go on this adventure with the Mandalorian and to meet all these people. Yeah, I agree. And maybe, you know, like, some people have said, well... You meet a person and then you never see them again, and then next week he's with some other people. I'm like, well, maybe all that pays off. Maybe yeah, that's all the cool. people, yeah, maybe all the people he's meeting throughout the galaxy are all, you know. This week, there was some rebel X-wing pilots. <laughs> it was amazing. I was like, what? So yeah, it's awesome. The Mandalorian, Disney Plus, only two episodes left, and finally, what? How good was the Watchmen this week? Very. It's always good. Yeah, but it was ridiculous this week. It was the, you know, A Scully and the Watchmen sitting in a tree. You're cheating on the Mandalorian with your Watchmen. <laughs> it's ridiculous how good those two shows are. Um, Watchmen, it's unbelievable. This week's episode, uh, a god walks into a bar. And if you watch the show... You a bar. Will, yeah, you will know what that means. Yeah. It was... It was just so satisfying and so much going on. It is, it's pretty awesome. Uh, and the final episode of uh, Watchmen is this weekend. I've been playing loads of Death Stranding and Need for Speed Heat. I've talked about them. They're both great. Enough said. So what's for dinner? Impossible Whopper if I want to make the time now since it's getting so late. If I want to no, drive all the way across all. fucking town. Well, you want to go get it? Yeah. It's almost an hour. Just to go get that. It was 45 minutes last time. All right, so forget that. Oh, I'll get it. I'm just saying. If we keep Ah, talking, the the chances of Taco Bell get closer and closer because it's only a seven-minute drive. Uh But probably Impossible Whopper. I just don't want... I work tomorrow. I go to work early. Hello, everybody. But I, I love you and you love the Impossible Whopper, so I probably will get you the Impossible Whopper. How enthusiastic uh, right. was that? So you better clear off now. <laughs> okay, I'm out. <laughs> what is your uh, advice? And then we'll leave. My advice is... Uh, it's an observation, and I don't know you. Whoever's listening, probably I don't know you. But I'm going to make an observation about you. That in your life, you're avoiding certain things. It could be anything. Um, drawing a picture... Shooting at the target range, growing vegetables, playing a video game, building a computer, baking cookies. Um, what are some other, like building something with wood that the reason that you don't is a lack of confidence because all you need are the information and the, the knowledge of how to do it and then develop the skill to get it done. And then the confidence comes with that, but you have to start with a certain amount of like, Hmm, I could do this. I can do this. I'll just learn it, take the time, figure it out. Somebody somewhere in your life put in your head that you don't deserve to have the confidence to say, I can do that. Hell yeah, I can build a shed in my backyard. Of course I can. Something in the back of your mind's like, you can't. You'll fail. It'll be shitty. It'll fall in. You don't know how to do it. You don't know what to buy. It'll take too long. Da, 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 da. And then you immediately go, oh, yeah, I can't do it. Like, you don't even know that's happening. You might want to be the person who bakes pies for every holiday gathering, but you inst- almost instantly go, oh, God, I can never do it. 
I can never figure it out. Of course, it's never going to be good as good as grandma's. And then you give up. And it leaves, for people like me, I have a certain kind of personality. I'm all in. I get a thing. I hyper-focus. I obsess. I do the thing until I'm convinced I know how to do it. Or I'm not going to actually do this perfectly or very well, so I'm going to move on. And that's fine, too. I don't care about perfection. But I, I am, I'm all in every time, right? You can attest to this. That's true. <laughs> As for the kitchen right now, it's like a cookie baking factory because it's I've like never been... It's like a cookie wall zone. It is. I've never <laughs> been good at baking cookies. And I decided this year I'm going to figure it out because I've always wanted to, but I've avoided it. I love cookies, but every time I walk in there, you go, can you try this cookie? And I'm like, I I'm, I'm, don't want to try it. Can you try this different cookie? This one, these aren't <laughs> right, but can you please tell me what's wrong? I'll try a cookie. But... <laughs> <laughs> Only I've, every now and then. I've learned just all I'll give you is a little nibble if it's necessary. <laughs> um, but I've always thought, oh, no, 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 no. I just, I, I won't figure it out. I can't figure it out. And that's not because I was raised with someone constantly tell me I was going to be a failure, but just sort of the world and people and things. It's a very negative world, you know? And if the people around you are like, why do you bother trying to bake cookies? You can just go to the store and they're never going to be as good as the ones at the store. And then you just go, oh, okay, you're right. I'll give up. But then every time you see somebody bring homemade cookies to work or you go to your aunt's house and she's made the cookies and you're like, I really, really wish I could figure that shit out. I want to make the cookies that you bring to the thing, right? Then True. you just fucking do it. You figure it out. You've got every resource at your disposal. I've had how many cookbooks out on the table comparing all the things, doing some of the science. Why does this one work and this one didn't? And why does this one have a half a teaspoon of baking soda? And why does that one have a whole teaspoon? This is what I mean by becoming obsessed. I can't just follow the recipe. That's not how my brain works. I have to figure it out so that if I go in the kitchen two months from now and say, I'm going to bake some cookies today, I have 100% confidence that I either have memorized a recipe or I know precisely which recipe and which kind of flour and how much of this, that, and the other to get out of the cabinet and just do it. Whereas right now I'm still a little bit like, uh, I don't know. Do I bake it for 10 minutes, 12 minutes? This recipe says 350. That one says 375. Uh, you know, but I want to have that like, fuck it. I can just do it feeling. Um, and I think a lot of people skip doing things it could be absolutely anything. It could be communicating with your friends better. You know, it could be anything. Talking to your kids, helping your kids with their homework, whatever. Um, I just say, if you have a thing that you keep avoiding because you think you're going to fail, it's a good time because, you know, we never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, just watch a video. I learned up. this week how to replace a battery. This, <laughs> yeah. is, not, this is unrelated. But no, it's but it's the same kind of thing. Um, the PlayStation 4 controller comes with a built-in battery that when the battery runs out, Sony give you no option but to get a new controller. There's no replacing it. It's a trap. But you can replace it very easily. Um, well, it appears easy, but then you do have to learn how to do exactly. it. Exactly. It's a skill. And then I did it this week, and it's all perfectly fine again. But did it go perfectly the first time? No, uh, my trigger nope. didn't work the first time. Did it go perfectly the second time? Yes. No, because the second one you said wasn't charged. Oh, I put the wrong battery in. Exactly. <laughs> and then it was like, ah. But and I this... fixed a controller that would otherwise go in the landfill. 
Yeah, and the feeling of satisfaction. <laughs> also, you learned Linux in the last couple of years because you kind of avoided it forever. Like, oh, it's too much. It's too I hard. Know, it's I, a lot we of have stuff. a server downstairs that runs Linux only. And the feeling of satisfaction, and while that may sound selfish, it actually boosts you in every other part of your life. You learn Linux, and you get that like, oh, yes. And then you look at that controller and go, okay, I'm going to try it. I can fix it. I can try to fix this. And if you don't, you know, it is what it is. But I just think that I have known so many people who, and I'm not exaggerating, people who the whole that I've known in many, many decades will do, attempt nothing. Oh, I, scared, I could never, yeah. yeah. Oh, I could never sew that. I've made stockings for family gifts. You know. Oh God, I would never be able to do that. And I'm like, I don't know how to sew. I just like, I decided I want to make 75 stockings, and I'm gonna figure out how to use this sewing machine. And so I did. They're not perfect. They're not like seamstress high quality. They're not gonna win any awards. But I wasn't afraid to do it. And then people would say like, Oh God, I would never do that. I'll despise them. I could never do it. They'd probably look dumb. Everyone would hate them. That kind of thing. That's where the confidence is obviously pushing back against you. So I say just uh, pick a thing. It could be very simple. It could be as simple as drawing a picture of a cartoon dog. If you've seen other people do it and you're like, oh, I can draw anything, but you actually want to. I'm not talking about doing things that you have no desire to do here. I'm talking about a thing that kind of gnaws at you a little bit. Like, damn, I wish I knew how to do that. If you really want to learn how to do brain surgery, that's a little bit higher learning curve than what I'm talking about. But guess what? The people who know how to do it had to learn how to do it. Right? So I say, figure out the thing, a little thing right now, if it makes you build up your confidence, even if you never tell anyone, no one has to know that you figured it out. I'm just a big mouth and I'll tell everybody, oh my God, I just made the most amazing cookies. I'll put it on every social media. I don't give a shit. I'm just sort of like that. You don't have to be like that. You could make them all, throw them all away, eat them all, whatever, and just feel in yourself like, wow, I did a thing that I didn't think I could do. And I know you can do it because, I mean, that's just logic, right? Um, So that's it. Do a thing that you want to do. All right. So um, you can catch this podcast everywhere podcasts are available. I guess you're going to get your Impossible Whopper. You can uh, catch it everywhere. (laughs) I I don't put it on YouTube anymore. Is it on CNN? It is on CNN. (laughs) Is it on Home Garden TV? Yes. YouTube TV? Yes. Fantastic. (laughs) No. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> it's on all the podcasty places apart right. from YouTube and Spotify. All right. It's not on everywhere. Okay. <laughs> so uh, you can Screw also Spotify. catch us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, all those things. You can catch us. Aschoolie.com is our home for the podcast. You can also email feedback to me, aschoolie.com. Congratulations to the winner of the uh, Blu-ray this week, Hustlers. Um, the guy won. I sent him uh, the prize. He's very happy. People win these prizes, you know. We don't just have a prize and nobody gets it. People win. <laughs> what will be the motivation for telling people we have a prize? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have... We have you can there's go no, to there's no barrier to injury here. There's nothing invested whatsoever. You can go to aschoolie.com on occasion and there's a, a Blu-ray to win. Quite often, actually. Just always check. Um, and you can email feedback to me, aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. And stay classy, Pennywise because you are creepy as F. (laughs) And And I'm going to say, think for yourself or someone will do it for you. 